What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Darks Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a we had a week in golf at the Zurich. I mean, uh, what did you think of it? We were off last week. We didn't participate in the madness that is betting on the Zurich. Uh, we took a week to kind of refinance all of our winnings and uh, and prep for our second half. It was it worked out well. But what you what did you think of the last? I guess two weeks now. Well, first of all, RBC is a dog. Love that course. Love that event. Everything about it. Zurich Classic's fine. Just in terms of what we do, it's so impossible to gauge because there's there's a different format. There's teams. One guy can be hot. One guy can be off. You know, it's just there's so many things that go into it, and we'd be doing it a disservice to bet on it and bet confidently. I don't. We don't want to put out any crapshoots of bets. So yep. we took our winnings in the last ten or twelve weeks, however long it's been, and went and played a TPC Deer Run where the John Deere Classic was this weekend. There you um, go. But end of the day. I still watch some golf, so. Yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of golf. In terms of RBC, it was great to see Jordan Spieth versus Matt Fitzpatrick. That was quite quite eventful. I mean, you had, you had Matt Fitzpatrick, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley. That was your top four. Uh, pretty loaded, if you ask me. I mean, that's I, I get that it's also an elevated event, but, I mean, that's a tough one to compete with when you got those as a top four. Yeah, the thing about Matt Fitzpatrick, would you say that putting is arguably one of the weaknesses of his game? Arguably, you could say yeah, that. You know, yeah, I'd say arguably, oh, sure. Qu- yeah. Air quotations lesser. Yes. I think I saw some stat. He was like 63 for 63 with putts inside like eight feet. Wow. Not like three or five, eight or something like that crazy. So that'll win you golf tournaments. Yeah, I mean, when you don't have gimmicky injuries and you're putting out putting up a storm, that's a, that's a quick way to win. I was secretly um, hoping for him and his brother this weekend just because his brother would get the tour card then, but it is what it is. Well, so l- let's just loop that into Zurich. Uh, in terms of highlights, you were either rooting for the both Fitzpatrick brothers because you wanted the young bro to get his tour card. You were rooting for Sungjae and Keith Mitchell um, because of the interview that you saw on, what was that, Thursday, um, where Keith Mitchell was teaching Sungjae M about basically American college football and how to be a, a Georgia Bulldogs fan. He lives uh, in Georgia too. So he, it'll be fun. I'm sure him and his neighbors and all his buddies at the course, will give him some crap, but I'm sure he's all for it. Exactly. And Sanjay was learning about the quarterback. Um, and then he was teaching Keith Mitchell, some Korean Korean. Yeah. I was going to say captain, was, team captain, team captain. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. I think that was the best part of the Zerg personally, <laughs> as sad as it sounds like, I just don't have a strong feeling towards like watching the the duos play the whole time. Um, so I it, think that I have it, to say something and I'm going to cut you off because I'm so passionate about it. Okay. There's no reason the PGA tour should kick off WGC match play, but keep the Zurich. There's I no agree. Reason. I agree. I think you could kick off the, the Zurich and, and keep the match play. Um, I think yeah. that would potentially make a lot more sense. But then again, I don't make the rules and I don't get paid the millions to to determine what the PGA does. Um, clearly, the Zurich evidently brings in more ratings. Ow, uh, I don't understand. I, it, I don't think it actually does, but that's what the PGA Tour is going to tell themselves. All right, Jack, and let's loop around. How did we do in DFS at the RBC Heritage since we didn't end up betting on the Zurich? Yeah, well, I went two for two on my lineups, um, both FanDuel and DraftKings single entry and double ups. Um, we're just only going to spend two seconds on this because we have this, the Zurich, and then finally a PGA Tour event that we're on hand. So 
Yeah, uh, in terms of DraftKings, I won on there and FanDuel. I won on 50-50s. I was pretty much carried by Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, yeah. um, who finished third and fourth. So that was really the only reason I made money. Um, it worked out. Uh, I'm just going to run right to it in the bets. I went two for four on bets. I had Patrick Cantley top 20 plus 110 and Xander Shoffley top 20 at plus 130. Those both won. Um, Shane Lowry, I had a top 20 at plus 160. That was a loss. And then I had Matt Kuchar over Wyndham Clark and Heath the Gala. I think every one of them finished in the top 20. Um, but unfortunately, that was a loss at plus 165. Two for four, I'm up 0.4 units. And so now I'm currently at minus 0.55 units. We are so freaking close. <laughs> I've been close for like a month and I just can't get over the hump to get the positives. It'll come. It'll come. Hey, maybe it'll happen this week. But my bets, as you all know, the best part of my week was not the best part of my week at the RBC. Um, we went two for what, six? Yeah, that's what I had. Two guys. for six. Luckily, I hit a plus 185 and a plus 110 down 1.05 units, bringing us to just, and I apologize, it's embarrassing, 30.89 units up on the year. I'm so sorry. I didn't want to say that out loud. Only 30 units up, Jack. What a disappointment to society you are. Oh, what are we going to do with you? And that's not even counting extra bets. If it counted extra bets, mm. it's probably, what, 75? Uh, yeah, debatably. I mean, only 75. Like, so could have been 80. Could have been 80. Here's the question. Since now Iowa is allowing us to see the top 40s that we weren't able to see that before, do I group it all together? If you want, it's going to be a lot more bets. I mean, you're you're going to be pushing what, like eight, ten bets then each week. It's going to be uh, it's going no. to be aggressive. Sorry, I was saying the totals. Oh yeah, if you want, yeah. Since now you can do the the, the forty bets and then like the round ones. Yeah. Because otherwise, that number is just going to waste. Yeah, you might as well. Now, now that we can actually do it all. So, all right. So now you're up what seventy four and a half or something like that. <laughs> Come back next week for the official total. There you go. Um, in terms of winners, I'm just going to cruise through it. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Jack had Cameron Young and Stuart Sink. Uh, Cam Young finished T51. Stuart Sink missed the cut. Um, I had Matt Kuchar and Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay finished third. Matt Kuchar finished T19. Wow, that's a really nice section of winners for me. Holy shit. Okay. Um, I'm just noticing that now. Um, in terms of wildcard picks, Jack had Cantlay. Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa, top 20 at plus 831. That was a loss. Uh, he had Brian Harmon to miss the cut at plus 210. Uh, I had that as a loss. I think he actually played really well that week, too, as of all things. <laughs> uh, Jack had Patrick Cantley bogey free round at plus 700. That's a nope. And he had Cam Young, uh, round one eagle at plus 750. That was a no as well. Even though it was close. It was close. Um, for my wildcard picks, I had JT Poston top 20, Ben Martin top 20, and Luke Donald top 20. Uh, Poston missed the cut, Ben Martin T41, Luke Donald did make the cut T67, uh, but none of those won either. So, not our best wild, wild card week ever, but again, they're wild cards for a reason. Yeah. And for those who actually do care, the official total of units up, if you followed every single one of my picks, 61.69 units. There you go. That's the, the so that's the number Jack will follow now. Um, all right, we're done talking about old golf. We're we're getting into the updated golf for this week, Jack. Finally, because this is going to be, in my opinion, one of the most slept on tournaments that has major implication going forward. All right, there we go. Uh, we are going to the John Rahm Open at Vedante. Oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Uh, the Mexico Open at Vedante. Um, this is a par seventy one. 
totaling 7,450 yards. Uh, last year's winner was John Rahm. Uh, this is only the second year that they are playing at Vedante and that it's hosted a tournament. Um, Vedante is known for kind of a wider, more open venue. It really allows for players to like, quote unquote, grip it and rip it off the <laughs> tee. You know, you're allowed to, to, to really just swing wildly and try to go for that extra distance. Um, top finishers at Vedante gained almost as many strokes off the tee as they did on approach last season, which I think is going to speak to the volumes of how much of an advantage good off the tee play is going to be at this venue, um, especially long-term. Um, in terms of players, I'm just going to get it right out of the, out of the gate now. John Rahm is likely to have about 50% ownership this week. It's it's just going to happen. Um, so don't be afraid on it and and use your best judgment on it. We can dig more into it as we as yeah. we get into the groupings, but just know he's going to be about 50%, give or take 5%. Yeah, and not to scare you because it is one of these events. You're either going to take him and maybe lose because some other person doesn't have him, or you're not going to take him and he's going to end up winning and you're going to miss out on 80 points. Yes. Um, so last thing, and I, again, I, I've kind of gotten over this. When I'm talking about all of the guys I'm interested in this week, I need somebody that is preferably good off the tee, and I really don't have a strong opinion on putting this week. You can be a good putter. You can be a bad putter. Um, so this this event is played on past Palum, which 99% of people won't care what kind of putting surface that is. But just know it, past Palum basically, in in my version of idiot terms, means that the really, really good putters aren't going to putt as well here. And the really, really bad putters are going to be closer to the average here. That's really all that that putting surface means. Um, so I just have less of a, a, an effect on putting this week. I don't like guys that can only putt, um, but if you can putt as well as do something else, then you still have my interest in terms of attention. That's why I think Harry Hall might be a little lesser priced than some of the events we've even seen him this year. Yes, definitely. Harry Hall is a prime example, um, but there's a few other guys that also kind of fit that mold. So, all right. Um, how do we want to group together um, this range? You know what? Should we just group together Finau and Rom and just kind of talk about it? Because we can go into Rom here for a few minutes. Yeah, Finau and Rom, 12,000 and 10,700 on DraftKings. Rom and Finau were actually the straight forecast here last year at one and two. Um, I think both these guys could have went another, what, five or six under without the win last year. Um, what's what's there really to say? John Rom is like, almost a plus 150 to win at this point on some sports bets. So he's killing it. He's destroying it. He's yep. won the freaking masters played the RBC when he didn't need to. He's coming along. I mean, it's just what, what is more to say with a scoring average of 68.4 on courses that are a lot harder than this. Yeah. I think in terms of, of John Rom, there's, there's a few options you can go on this approach. You're either taking John Rom. And you're hoping to kind of go five for six and pick the other right players around him. Now, again, that's going to be an important part if you take him because he's going to be so well-owned that if you take John Rahm and the rest of your lineup sucks, it, it won't matter if John Rahm wins. You'll still probably not end up winning money. Um, you need to get other good golfers around him, which is hard to do when he's, you know, $1,300 more than Tony Finau and $2,200 more than the next – well, $2,300 more than the next guy. Um, so you just got to be smart if you want to play Rom. The other option is to not go with Rom and to, to jump down to this lower range, quote unquote. 
um, and really just hedge your bets that you're going to either go five for six or six for six. And hope for some placement points. And hope for some good placement points. If you can go six for six without John Rahm, you will make money this week. It's just you've got to know who to get to because there are a lot of minds in a field like this and not getting to John Rahm, who is pretty much high and above the best player in this field, is is it's it's Scary. tough. It's tough to not be able to get to him. But I, it's not easy in terms of price point. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's so hard to say because it, if just taking the realm of DFS, it's not a win-win and it's not a lose-lose. It's kind of a 50-50. It's like a seesaw. You're either going to sit up here and the other side's going to fall down or the other side's going to fall down and you're going to go up. So it's yeah. it's honestly, like you had said, it's probably going to be anywhere between 40 and 60% ownership with Rom and another, what, 20 to 40 on Finau. So I would say almost 85% of lineups are going to have one or the other. I've, I've looked. You can do Rom and Finau lineups together, and I've seen one or two of them on social media. And let me be abundantly clear. Rom and Finau together look great, but the rest of the lineup looks like looks like shit. For the so, record, if you do that, your average remaining player like 6, salary is 6,825. So yeah, there you go, go ahead and get Ted Potter Jr. in your lineup and whoever else you can get. Yeah, I mean, if you throw in like a seven, like a low seven guy, like let me just throw one out here. Uh, throw it goes in. Satoshi Kodaira at six seven, Tano Goya. Well, we'll get to these guys. Yeah, the point being is, is if you throw both of them in a lineup, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Don't do it. Pick one, move on, go from there. Um, but yeah, all right, I think that's pretty good. I mean, how do you feel? Are you okay getting the fee now, or does it just kind of feel like it's wasted space at that point? Like you'd either just go up to Rom or you go down to these next groupings. No disrespect to Finau, but with the season that Rom's having, he's a defending champion. And I think this one means as much to him as any major just because of heritage and everything that's gone around. Yep. I think this is the spot to get to him, honestly. There's no shame in getting to 12K. Yeah. I don't I don't think Finau will be too heavily owned. Um, so if you're trying to go for like a differential lineup and you're going into a, a GPP where only a few of the top guys actually win money, Finau might be a good option to go to because he does have all the metrics to play well on a course like this. Um, I just think if you're going to do it, just go all the way up and spend the money. All right, let's uh, let's start in this 9K range. Up top we have, well, all right, Davis Riley's out, but Davis Riley is 9,800. Uh, down to Alex Norin at 9,000. What are you thinking about this range? Well, first of all, I'd be, let me just use my patented term. You'd be stupid to not put in Wyndham Clark or Nikolai Hoyard in your lineups. I will talk about Wyndham Clark. I, th- I think I've mentioned Wyndham Clark, Thomas Dietry, and Nikolai Hoyard every week since March. Yeah, you've had about three or four weeks in a row, so let's listen. Everything. Um, Wyndham Clark, let's just talk about his last what? You want to use 10 placements? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. His worst finish is 50th. Oh, and wow. you take a look at the tournaments that he's played. Um, you know, players, API, Genesis, Waste Management, Farmers, Amex. And then you can go back. His worst finish since October 12th of last year was that 50th. This guy is killing it. He's branching onto the scene. If you watched and listened to us last year, highlighted him a couple of times. This is his breakout year. Nikolai Hoyard still being overshadowed by his brother, even though he's on the PGA Tour doing really well. Um, since November in the World Tour, 57th was his worst finish. Every single event he's played in since then has been inside of the top 40. Um, and then last but not least, uh, oh, I said Thomas Dietrich. Oh, so I meant, uh, well, I did have him, but Patrick Rogers. I think if you are smart and you actually do some research, 
you will see he will be extremely owned, and that's good reason. Number one, top 10 in birdies and better. One of the guys that's in this category is Patrick Rogers, and I think that is really going to play a role, especially when you see Rom getting the 17 under last year with the wind. All you have to do is try and find guys, what would you say, anywhere between 12 and 16 under in this event to get placement points? Yeah, I mean that's that's a safe number to get to. The wind is the wind really is the, like the one factor on this course that could differentiate between like a minus twenty three and a minus fifteen. Um, and looking at the initial weather reports, it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad at all this week. Um, when you look over the numbers in terms of last year, how guys played on a course like this, Patrick Rogers shot 65, 66, 74, 67. Like he played really well those three days. He just shot over par on Saturday because that was the one windy day that had the most effect on him, um, which everybody does except for the like three guys that shot in the 60s all four days, one of which was Rom, who ended up winning. So just kind of take that into account when you're when you're thinking about it. Patrick Rogers is going to be good in a course like this. You just have to really look into the wind to make sure that he unfortunately doesn't lose it all to that at a certain point. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about Wyndham Clark as well, just quickly. He's also first in strokes gained total over the last six events. He finished top five in the Zerk last week. He has the length that could dominate a course like Vedanta. Uh, Nikolai Hoyard, he also has the length that is going to go really well at uh, Vedanta. And he was runner-up Corrales last year. It's technically a comp course if you want to dig in that deep. Um, but really, you don't even need to look that deep for Nikolai Hoyard. Um, it just kind of makes sense. I'm so proud of you for saying his name correct. I know. I'm, I'm learning. It's going to take me a little while, but we'll get there. Um, somebody I think could be a minefield is Gary Woodland. Oh, he's, yeah. He's fifth in the field in approach proximity, and he's second to Rahm in proximity from greater than 200 yards over the last 50 rounds. But, God, he's played awful. I mean. Not lately. Not lately, but, like, man, is it tough to want to get to him with how he's been how he's been doing. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over the whole, like, Gary Woodland can't win since he last won kind of deal. People are really high on him this week. I, he might end up being a fade for me in terms of guys I'm avoiding and just hoping doesn't finish top 10 um, just to try and differentiate myself. Last guy I'll say, uh, Byung-Hun An or Benny, Benny. An. Um, I think he's a solid option just in terms of, you know, overall cuts made. He's going to make the cut. He played really well last week again at the Zurich. And in a weaker field like this, I think he can be a definitely sneaky pick. Yeah, he's also inside of the field. He's top 10 and birdies are better gained um, just Makes in this sense. field specifically. So he did have, and I will warn every single person here, we talk about him. We don't pick him. He finishes top 10 the week. We both squad write him. I think he finished like what fifth to last in that event. Was it like, um, API? What are we talking? Like Benny. Benny. Yeah. We both liked him the one week. Unfortunately, again, he makes tons of cuts, but I feel like whenever I get to him, he always seems to miss it. I think I've bet him three times and he missed the cut each time. Yeah. And um, then the last two guys that I think are landmines here. One is Maverick McNeely. Yep. If this, if we didn't think about his shoulder injury at all, this price would be perfectly standout for him. Um, but then he goes, you know, miscut, miscut, miss or barely made cut, good performance, and then miscut again. I think this is going to be a 50-50. He's either going to perform about 35th or he's going to be 120th. Well, he's another example of a guy that, again, Maverick Lee has a few additional things that he's good at, but he's another guy that's an elite putter. 
um, that I just don't have the same feeling on this week. And again, at 9,400, that's a really expensive price for a guy that is known for just being kind of an elite putter, respectfully. Um, so we'll avoid him. And then Taylor Pendrith, right? He's the other guy. Uh, yeah. I yeah. was going to say, I tried to find for my bets a missed cut line for him, and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, Taylor Pendrith has just not been playing well, which is weird to say as for a guy that's 10 for 14 on uh, on making the cut, but just nothing looks pretty in his golf game right now for whatever I'll tell you reason. his last five finishes Talk 74 miscut 88 miscut 70 barely made the cup 69th barely made the cut 101st so I think a lot of that is is him oh. playing well like re, playing really well on one of those days prior to making the cut and then playing eh the other day and then I, I swear every time I bet him on the weekends he'll make the cut be like on the number and then I'll shoot like plus 35 on Saturday and Sunday, and he'll be the last. Yeah. His yeah. line just came up. What is it? It is to miss the cut plus 250. That is that is damn tempting. Ooh, that could be that could be a fun one. I'll let you sweat that one out, Jack, if you want to think of that one. Um, should we drop down to the 8K range? Yeah, and while I ponder, because that is a legitimate thing I'm questioning, um, I'll just kick off the categories. Aaron Rye, head cover machine at 8,900. All the way down to MJ Doff at, or some people on like the world tour pronounce him as Duffu. It's Doff. I don't know how everybody <laughs> pronounced it that way, but uh, take it away. I'm gonna call him Duffu because it just fits my fits the mold well. But I understand it's Doff. Yeah. Um. All right. In terms of this range, there's a few guys I got a little bit of interest in. I'll start with Alex Smalley. Um. At 8400, he's one of the guys. He's top 50 on tour off the tee. He's got good approach. His biggest weakness is putting, but again, I've already said that could be mitigated on a course like this, um, so that should be fine. Um, where's the other guy I was interested in this? Oh, it's yeah, it's MJ Doff. Um, I like calling him MJ Defu because then I can call him I pity Defu. Um, he's twenty fourth all season in strokes gained off the tee, and he's fifth in this field. If you just want to take out guys that aren't playing, like Scotty Scheffler, um. I like him as opposed to somebody more expensive, but potentially in a similar boat, like a Gary Woodland. Um, I mean, he, again, maybe not the same caliber in terms of Gary Woodland winning in the past, but when you look at their stats, they're borderline the same player. Gary Woodland is 9,600 and MJ Doff is 8,000. So I'll save the 1600 bucks and go to a similar guy. Yeah. I think this is going to be a very, very weird category. I think the nine K is the safest category all around. You yes. have Aaron Rye, who I think we talked about at the beginning of the year is like number one in greens and reg throughout the PGA tour. And then had like, I think it was the Honda where he just shot like 75, 75 and really killed that. Yep. So he could be a guy to watch out for Bo Hostler couple of good weeks in a row, which means he's due for his hundredth place. Although I <laughs> did like him for a little bit. Um, yes. Andrew Putnam is really confusing. Cause he started off being the number one player on tour, basically for the last first six weeks, then tapered off. So I'm a little scared, but Ben Martin, man, yep. he is That's... killing it so quietly this year. Um, I keep seeing his number much like we'll get to um, the guy with the long hair. I'm blanking out his name right now. Uh, Badly. Yeah, Aaron Baddeley. I'm like, how is he still 6,600 in a field? Like, whatever. But Ben Martin, once again, I'm going to go back to that same stat. 
top 10 in this field and birdies or better when the ability to be capitalized is there. So regardless of fairway or penal rough, he's going to get birdies and he's been killing it this year. Yeah, Ben Martin is also fifth in strokes gained off the tee in the last 24 rounds. Um, so I just think when you combine all of that together with the fact that he's not even a top 10 most expensive guy in the field, it re- it really makes sense. And he's in the perfect price point to either go like a John Rahm and then Ben Martin or if you want to go like uh like Wyndham Clark, Patrick Rogers, and then go Ben Martin. Like you could re- you could very easily throw him in as a second or third guy, depending on how you want to break your lineup in and have him fit well at 8,600. There's a lot of opportunity to kind of maneuver around there. Yeah. And then the last guy that I, I really like this week, I like Robbie Shelton a little bit. SH Campbell might pop off. Matt Wallace. And I know everybody is looking at his last finish at the RBC and going, take away whatever illegal substance he's consuming. Let me <laughs> tell you a quick stat. Just four players in this field rank above in above average in proximity, 200 yards plus, driving distance, birdies are better, comp course history, and strokes gained. It's Rom, Finau, Wyndham Clark, and Matt Wallace. You take away all, all those categories together and you put him in at a guy at, what, 8,100? Is that what he was? Um, yep. With his last... Four finishes outside of that 140th or whatever it was. Top 30, a win, and a top 10 at Valspar. Corrales being a comp course, he just won. So I think this is a little bit of a correlation we might be looking at. An 8,100 might be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in an interesting spot. Um, I feel like I would have liked Matt Wallace at like a 7,800, 7,700. I would have loved him 6,600 for Pete's sake. Well, but, well you know. yeah, I just feel like 8,100 is arguably slightly higher than I was hoping for. I don't know if he, if if in my mind I stick Matt Wallace with kind of the rest of this group, um, and that's kind of why my mindset is, is a little weary on him at 8,100. But I understand he has that opportunity for sure. Yeah, and I'm sorry to all the dog lovers. I couldn't sneak Robbie Shelton in my lineup, so if you liked his golden retriever, sorry about that. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, seven thousands. Yeah, it starts at Will Gordon, who I picked him, much like Dietrich, what, like the first 10 of 11 weeks. Yep. Then we scroll. This one is, I say it every week, deep Sean O'Hare, the man, the myth, the legend, who's doing a, honestly not terrible um, in his last couple of events. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting group. We'll start off. Let's just get to Akshay. Let's get him out of the way. Akshay Bhatia. Um, he's nothing. He's potentially the one guy I have who's not like a long bomber um, in my lineups. He, he's nothing special off the tee. He averages about 300 yards. Puts him almost middle of the road. Um, slightly above average in terms of this field. Um, he's He is top 25 on tour, though, in terms of his approach play on all major distances outside of 150 yards. And top is, ten and birdies on the on the uh, in the field. Is he top ten and birdies too? Yeah, there top you go. That makes sense. Um, and there are a lot more approach shots from 175 to 200 yards at Vedante than or Vedanta than there are at a lot of the other comparative courses on tour. Um, so it makes sense that now it fit well on a course like this. Um, the other guy I'll, I'll mention. Well, there's two guys I'll mention up top. Um, if you want to go for the bomber strategy, Joseph Bramlett and Nate Lashley really just kind of fit those molds specifically. Um, I don't really love too much else about their game, but again, Joseph Bramlett is the kind of guy that could do well on a course like this. I could see that. Um, the last guy I'll mention is where's is he at? Is he 7,000 Augusto Nunez? If you're looking for a flyer, um, he's been playing solidly. He's kind of a, a discount version, but I think there's a few guys in six in the six K range. 
um, that could also fit a mold just about as well as a gusto. So it might be worth to save a few bucks. Yeah, I think um, one of the guys that I'm going to this week is Dylan Wu. Um, okay. Last couple of finishes, 39th, 16th, 58th, 35th, 48th, 10th, 29th. In this price range, anything for me, 7,500 and under is just make a freaking cut and call it a day. He's done that as well as anybody honestly has in this field. And shockingly enough, which is crazy, I didn't know this, top 10 in the field, their birdies are better gained. So this stat, I'm going to keep repeating and repeating and repeating it. But for a guy that's making a cut 11 for 14, and if you take a look at the ones he missed, one of them was in like September of last year. So, you know, you take away that. Um, Patton Kazire is always just, waiting to itch at some random tournament i said that about bo hostler and he popped off you see the trend 65th 10th 64th 31st and i think he's itching to go low here i'll stick with the akshay thing i think he's going to be either it's going to be a either really owned because he kind of let a couple people down the last time he played or he's going to be really highly owned for the same reasons that you said so i'm just a little torn um and then i also have andrew novak and here, ninth at Valero, 46th at Corrales, and 27th at Valspar. So I think coming into that with a little bit of trajectory at 7,300, make me a cut. I don't care what else happens. Get me four rounds of points, and we'll call it a day. Uh, yeah, I, I think a few of those are, are good names. Last guy I'll mention is Harry Higgs, just for the culture. Big Rig Higgs. Um, he's an interesting option this week. I think he's kind of a pretty standard name on tour and at 7,200. It kind of makes sense. He's a slight, he's a kind of a putter guy, as I mentioned earlier, but he might be another guy that potentially breaks the mold for me just because of his experience on tour. Um, I think that there's a lot of guys around here that just don't have that same level of experience as Big Rig Higgs. And you want to talk about the sneakiest and possibly second, I know there's most dangerous, but second most dangerous pick in this field. Yeah. Cameron Champ is 7,100. Yeah, I've thought about him as well. Um, but when you want to talk about driving distance, I mean Cameron Champ is the is the king of driving distance and and it's it's made me contemplate it. Um Big Greg Higgs, though, is actually not awful in terms of driving distance. His biggest challenge is driving accuracy, which he might be able to mitigate <laughs> here. Um, so again, with with wide open fairways like Vedante, um, then I'm hoping that that the uh off the tee doesn't affect him too much. Well, good so. thing about Harry Higgs, because I have one stat that I might have repeated a couple of times. Top 10 by. in the yeah. field in birdies. So there you go. Again, a lot of the guys, I'll say this a hundred times, look out for this stat because it's so important, which is a shame why Davis Riley withdrew. It makes sense. He just won. But yeah. I would have hammered him everything. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Are we going to run to uh, the 6K range real fast? Yeah, let's do it. Ryan Girard leads off the 6K range at 6,900, along with your guy, Aaron Baddeley. Um, All the way down, let's keep scrolling. At 6K, we have Kevin Stadler. Wow. All right. What a what a the man. What a name. Oh, and Ted Potter Jr. Ooh. Ooh. And Boo Boo Weekly, right? Shout out to Legend. Nope, it's Boo. I was going to say, yeah, there wasn't a weird wording on that. Yeah. Wow. What an interesting. Okay. What are you thinking in the 6K range here, Jack? Number one, Ryan Gerard, Corn Ferry Tour, he dominated, got his uh, um, special exemptory of something. I can't remember if it was medical. He got it at the same time with Nikolai Hoyard. He's been a cup-making machine outside of Corrales, which is a little scary considering that's the comp course, but I like him a lot this week. Honestly, Aaron Baddeley, I don't get why he's so low. He makes every single cut, so you can get to him here and have no shame about it. 
I know your guy, Smother Daddy. I'm sure you'll talk about him for a little bit. Oh, yeah. But there's guys in here. Ben Taylor, Callum Terran, Brent Grant, Tano Goya, Satoshi Kodaira. I mean, he's struggling this year. But if you're going to get him in your lineup, 6,700 might be the time to take a little bit of a dabble. Yeah, Jack mentioned a few of my guys. Uh, Smotherman's always a good option on a course like this. Um, He's been kind of coming into form. I'm pretty sure he was – he had like three made cuts prior to – I want to say six events to go for him. So he's made five out of his last six cuts. So he's kind of coming around, um, but he's at the same price as Aaron Badley. I don't know if you want to, you want to mess with that too much. Um, Callum Taron, he's another guy for driving distance. Um, that's another one that'll, that'll really stick out in terms of if strokes gained off the tee. Uh, Brent Grant is one of my, my, my guys. I really like at this range. He is sixth in strokes gained off the tee over the last 50 rounds and also ranks 14th in long-term form from greater than 200 yards out on approach. And he also might be top 10 in birdies in this He's top 10 in birdies. There you go. That's another one. So, yeah, Brent Grant's probably my favorite play in the 6K range at 6,800. Cut-making machine, Tano Goya. Uh, He is top 50 in strokes on tour and strokes gained off the tee. Um, He's not really great elsewhere in terms of metrics, but you know the guy's going to make the cut. Um, and that's really all you can hope for at 6,700. There was one other guy I liked. Oh, 6,600 is Brandon Matthews. Uh, we've made jokes about him all year that all the guy does is is drive the ball 350 yards off the tee. This is the course he's going to do well, if any. Because if there's any course where it actually helps to drive the ball 350 yards off the tee and accuracy doesn't mean shit, it's going to be this course. 35th of Corrales. 35th of Corrales, hey, the metric fits because Corrales is a comp course. Um, so so just if I'm not telling you to stunt to stunt like stamp at home, it's not a guarantee. But if you're gonna have any interest in Brandon Matthews any week, this is probably the week. <laughs> if you go if you go Rom Fino on your lineup, Brandon Matthews <laughs> might be your third guy. He he might, you know, he could end up being like your fifth guy, theoretically. Yes. Yeah. And then the last guy that I genuinely like this week is Trevor Werblow. He's flying under the radar, 10 for 15 on cuts with his, again, missed cuts, was Sony Open in January, and then RSM in November. Both Since of then those, he... by the way, are not at all close to what to what Mexico no. is. Short courses, very accurate off the tee, not the same fit. Absolutely, and we're just hoping for a made cut here, and he's done that every week since, like, Jan- second week of January, so he's killing it. And then one of the guys that... Um, is here from Argentina from special exemption to the corn ferry, Alejandro Tosti, Tosti. Um, I hope his, his name's Tosti. Tosti, <laughs> and the myth of legend. I don't, I, I honestly, I haven't seen him on the corn ferry tour. I haven't seen his name pronounced that. I hope I didn't mispronounce it, but his last four finishes 25, 22, 10, and seventh. So he's been playing really well with the scoring average just over 69. Um, and then the last guy I'll point out is Grayson Murray, not because I want to watch him play golf, because I want to watch him throw a club in the water. <laughs> oh man, what a time! What a time! Wait, where's where's Tasty? I don't see Tasty. His it's Alejandro. He is at I just scrolled off of it, sixty five hundred. Oh, sixty five hundred. Dang, why is he so extreme? Oh, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't like Tyson Alexander this week. I've thought I thought about it, but again, there's so many good names at like sixty seven or sixty eight hundred. I'm really trying to stay kind of above that sixty seven hundred ish price point, ideally. And again, it's going to be a lot different if you have Rom, but 
maybe that leads to the fact that I'm not picking Rom in in, in DraftKings because um, I'm trying to stay above that that 67 6800. You know what? Here's your Jeff Ogley pick again. 11th in Puerto Rico, missed the cut at Corrales. I don't know. I feel like one of these guys down here, JB Holmes. I I could see like a Harrison Endicott even. Like there's a few of these guys. Like he's 6400. I could see him doing something. Yeah. I was Greg Chalmers, six for seven on making the cut. What? Well, Greg Chalmers um, is, whoa, that is weird. But, hey, fellow lefty. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, well, let's let let's hop off this. We've listed a few names at the 6,000s. Take your pick. You know, good luck, good riddance, <laughs> especially in this range with this crew. Uh, but, Jack, what do you got on your DraftKings lineup? What are we looking at? So I did this, the latter of our strategy, and I didn't go Rom. Or Finau for my DraftKings. Yep. So I went Wyndham Clark, 9,700. Nikolai Hoyard, 9,500. Patrick Rogers, 9,300. Dylan Wu, 7,500. Akshay at 74. And Trevor Werblow at 66. There you go. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a few names kind of similar, similarly scattered in there. Um, that's the kind of lineup you got to look for if you're not going wrong. I mean, I could see an E potentially solid at least five or six. Um, you know, obviously there's a, there's a few potential areas of failure in there, but it's going to happen in any lineup. And that's a pretty solid, arguably safe, but still solid, yeah. um, lineup in that sense. Uh, for my DraftKings, I also did not start with John Rahm. I'm going, uh, Wyndham Clark, 9,700, Nikolai Hoyard, 9,500, Ben Martin, 8,600, MJ Defu at 8,000. Akshay Bhatia at seven thousand four hundred and Brent Grant at six thousand eight hundred. Yeah, there's a there's a few uh, a few of the scaries in there. Uh, could be interesting come Sunday. Give me the Sunday scaries for sure. Yeah, um, and then for anybody that wants to know, because I did just for fun while you were doing your lineup, build a Finau and Rom uh, lineup. Here's what I came up with. Oh boy. So John Rom twelve K, Tony Finau ten seven. Then I went Dylan Wu seventy five hundred. Tano okay. Goya, 6,700. Trevor Werblow, 6,600. And I'm taking the gamble at Alejandro Toasty at 6,500. That is a scary proposition. I wonder if you could get lower than Dylan Wu and do like a, even like an Akshay or something, save an, save an extra 100, 200, and potentially get somebody up almost by like 7K. As I think Akshay was higher than him. Really? No, so I would have saved 100 bucks going from oh, 75 right. to 74. There's a few options in there. But again, it's really really two elite golfers and then some 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 tough some tough choices in there you gotta you gotta get a lot of uh, a lot of luck if you if you hit on a lineup like that go to the blackjack dealer go go buy a lottery ticket i mean you are i'm gonna enter that into some random dollar entry just to see I, how it does i might do it too just out of curiosity so so we'll see all right what about FanDuel, jack what are you looking yep. at my FanDuel, a lot of the same guys so i went john rom twelve thousand six hundred. Wyndham Clark, 11,600. Nikolai Hoyard, 11,500. Andrew Novak, 8,700. Tano Goya at 8K. And then Trevor Werblow at 7,400. There you go. Yeah, you do have a few of the same guys. Um, Jack and I, I'm realizing, that, especially on some of these events, we've gotten pretty good about leaning into the same same couple of guys who we've realized they're always going to fit out these kinds of courses quite well yeah and your dad gives me a lot of crap for that <laughs> he does he does give you some crap for that but he does that shout does out thomas Dietrich. yeah exactly uh for my fan duel lineup in all honesty a few of the same names how many of the same names do we have what three four names that are the same 
Um, I'm starting with John Rahm at 12,600. Then give me Wyndham Clark at 11,600. Then give me Ben Martin at 9,900. MJ Defu at 9,200. Harry Higgs at 8,600. And Tano Goya at 8,000. So we shall see. That's the I, best way I can put that. I just need bigger Rig Higgs to come through. I feel fairly confident in the other five. 8,600. That feels really high for Biggie. I mean, Tano's 8,000. Yeah. I have an extra hundred dollars. I mean, I can list you the guys around him. It's uh, Adam Long, Eric Van Ruyen, Andrew Novak, Austin Eckroat, Harry Higgs, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, don't you dare say Austin Eckroat. He screwed me two weeks in a row. I mean, I can go Chuck Nasty, Charlie Hoffman after he made the ace, or Jimmy uh, Walker. But like, Jimmy JJ, yeah, you might as well for the culture. Yeah, I'm gonna go Big Greg Higgs for the culture. Um, and hey, hope hopes that he finishes like top twenty and wins me a bunch of money this week. That's what we like to hear. And then we'll jump into I'm sure everybody's, but it's at least mine um, bets. So doing a little bit new format. So I actually took some time and actually made what would you call it? The template's not a right word. Um, a graphic for our social media pages so you can actually see real time what bets we're doing. So my bets this week, I did eight, and that will be the trend going forward until it's the Masters. Yeah. Wyndham Clark, top 30, minus 120. Nikolai Hoyard, top 30, minus 115. And I think with those two specifically, everybody's going to hear that and go, those numbers are so crazy. This week is going to be a le- legitimate crapshoot. So the numbers might seem a little bit low in terms like they should be minus 220. But it's just going to be a really weird week, and you just got to hope you kind of make it out. Patrick Rogers, top 30, minus 105. Matt Wallace, top 40, plus 135. Andrew Novak, top 40, at plus 180. John Rahm, top 20 in round one, plus or minus 100. Wyndham Clark, top 20, round one, at plus 240. And then Ben Martin, top 40, at minus 105. There's a a few good names in there. The Andrew Novak one surprises me for top 40. That one was a... Feels like a little bit of a dart throw for you on that, but a few of the others make tons of sense. I mean, Rogers, Hoyard, Wyndham Clark, all top thirty. N- not safe per se, but but all of those are good numbers, and I'm barely in the minuses. It makes tons of sense. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrifying. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, for my bets, I'm sticking with the three this week. Three is my usual standard. Sometimes, if I'm feeling spicy, I'll go four, uh, maybe five if it's Masters week, but. Um, usually three's the number. Uh, first one is Wyndham Clark top 20 at plus 110. I have looked, it's now minus. Um, so it's all that number's already changed. Um, my second one is Ben Martin top 20 at plus 210. Um, this is kind of my riskier pick in terms of the three this week. Um, and then my third being Nikolai Hoyard top 20 at plus 140. Um, so you were a little riskier than I. I was a little riskier in terms of the T20s, um, but I, I know, honestly, I like Clark and Hoyard um, top 20. I think those are going to be hopefully my solid bets. And if Ben Martin hits, then I'm definitely in the positive come next week. Yeah. If you hit Ben Martin, you're guaranteed the positive. Yep. Any of any combination of two, you are officially positive. Yes. So I either need to hit Ben Martin or make two of the three. Yeah, that's well, Ben Martin won't get you positive overall. I think you'll be what, like point 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 one one or something like point, that. Yeah, like something some, like that. But some wild amount of units away from the even, but I I'll still I'll still get positive if I do it that way. That's um, awesome. 
All right, we're going to save winner's picks for last because you've got some heaters. Uh, you want to talk about – actually, maybe your wild card picks are just as crazy, but <laughs> let's let's talk about it. What do you got? Taylor Pendrith miscut. I had to do it. For the nice. record, I had um, Gary Woodland top 10. It was like plus 275, something like that. I don't have it on screen anymore. I'm going to add it in just to have it. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, um, I can look up the more accurate number while you're doing yours, but – I had to do it. Wasn't that when I was making these bets this morning or this afternoon? Just saw it and I had a feeling. And then John Rom to win plus two sixty. Um, normally I wouldn't put a winners here, but it just fits in with the algorithm on what we do for wild cards. So I was like, you know what? F it. It's it's not the worst idea of all time. I uh, I contemplated it for sure. Um, I didn't get there, but it makes it makes a lot of sense to have that as a winner's pick. I'm kind of jealous you you ended up doing it because I chickened out and didn't end up doing it. So, all right, for my wild card picks, um, I'm starting with Tony Finau and Wyndham Clark to finish top 10 at plus 500. Um, so I almost had this as a normal bet. Um, I kind of got walked off the ledge a little bit there by Jack. <laughs> Jack was like, hey, yo, let's not be an idiot. Wait till you have a couple of units to spare. Yeah, like let's not let's not lose it all on a plus 500. But I, in all honesty, I, I kind of really like that bet, um, especially as a wild card pick. Uh, because I think they both could easily finish top 10. My other wild card pick is Brandon Matthews, top 30 at plus 280. Shaggy's shaking his head again. If any week is the week for him to do it, it's this week. So I'm putting my wild pick down as Brandon Matthews, top 30. I need a Brandon Matthews, Cameron Champ, top 40 parlay <laughs> on the rip. <laughs> could you imagine that might be like plus 800, maybe a thousand? Yeah, because what what was Brandon Matthews forty was like one. Even. It was it was almost even. Like plus one ten. Let me go back. You can do your winners, and I'll get you the Brandon Matthews parlor or um odds. All right, go for it. Um, so for my winners, I'm gonna start with uh, Wyndham Clark as my first winner. Um, I have not picked him yet. Again, he's got all of the distance. He's got solid putting. He played really well at the Zurich. I think he's just gonna continue that momentum into this week. Um, and my other guy I've mentioned, I didn't really talk about him a ton, um, but I have plenty of stats on him if you want me to get, get into it. But Aaron Rye um, is my other winner's pick this week. So he's top 50 on tour in strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, and strokes gained tee to green. His, big, his biggest weakness is, again, an awful putter, but that can be mitigated in a course like this. So I'm taking Aaron Rye um, partially because I don't know when, I, when else I would use him otherwise. Partially because in a weak field like this, I think he has no problem finishing top 20. Yes. And for the record, Brandon Matthews, top 40, plus 180. Cameron Champ, plus 125 at time of recording, plus 530. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a wild card pick, it is for me. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could. Um, I, I'll keep Brandon Matthews, T30. Let's not, let's not start throwing in parlays with two wild guys. <laughs> that's fair enough and then mine john rum ah see this is where jack and i are different because jack has the ability to use each player three times and i've given myself the rule that i can use each player once so for those who don't know what we're talking about winners picks throughout the year liam is doing one and dones and i'm doing pga tour fantasy rules so liam can only pick john rom one time a year for winners yep. picks whereas i get what's called a three ball so I get every guy I want three separate times throughout the year. So given the opportunity, if I could pick 
you know anybody in this field, I'm taking John Rom. You have to like if if I had the ability to take John Rom an additional time after this week, even just one additional time, I'm taking John Rom. But it's just because I only have the opportunity to get him one time that I'm holding off on not taking him this week. Yeah. So it's John Rom and then it's Patrick Rogers. Yep. And it has to be. Yeah, Patrick Rogers makes sense. He was on my radar. Um, but I actually took him way back in cadence um at the Houston Open. Um, and he played decently well there. So he's off my list that I couldn't get to him this week. Yeah. And then last but not least, I do have a bet that I didn't get on my main bets only because I couldn't figure out how to get it on that graphic, but I will be putting some extreme money on it. Listen to these odds. Maverick McNeely, Wyndham Clark, Gary Woodland, Tony Finau, or John Rahm to win plus 120. Oh, wow. Plus. Think about Rahm is plus 250. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. I will I mean, be putting coin. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good little grouping, too. I mean, that's a lot of big names. You had what? Hoyard, Clark. Uh-uh, McNeely. But you can take oh, McNeely, McNeely off. Um, so you can do Clark, Finau, Rahm, and Woodland at plus 137 instead. See, I don't need Woodland. I want to take off McNeely and Woodland and put in Hoyard. That's why I would do it. But... You can do Clark, Finau, or Rahm for 150. All right, well, maybe that's the one I would do then at the, at the 150 there. Field but. is minus 200. That's tempting, too. All right, do we do we want to do any gentlemen, gentlemen's bets this week? Are you feeling anything? I'm, yeah, not, we I'm not doing any weekly. ROM bets. Let's be very clear. You, you're not taking ROM against me on anything. but I'll take uh, Boo Weekly 200. <laughs> you're taking Boo Weekly. What if we did like a hmm, – what if I took like a, like a Brent Grant and you took a battle lead? No, you know what? You take your Brandon Matthews. I'll take my Cameron Champ. There we go. All right, Brandon Matthews versus Cameron Champ. I like that. That's a good one. Oh, I know you like that. Yeah, I probably should have done the latter on that one, but I don't know. I think they're pretty identical in terms of uh, terms of carryover. But all right, so that's that's our uh, our check for the week. That, that's what we'll get back to next week, and we'll see. I'll also be marking the uh, Brandon Matthews Cameron Champ parlay. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay that's fair good call good call check check that one too um all right well that's going to be it for for vedante uh next week we're going to wells fargo we're getting back wells fargo is an elevated field right i believe so yes it should be hell yeah let's let's get it back to these elevated events i want good golfers again in terms of people in the field not betting brandon matthews as a wild card pick please although it is fun it is fun, but I we didn't I even get need... Nacho in this week. I know, I know, I couldn't get the Nacho, unfortunate. But I got Harry Higgs. He was my he was my uh, my my play for the week in terms of fun of fun guys. But uh, who's my who was the guy I had a couple weeks ago? What was his name? Um, the for guy what? with the amazing name, whose whose name is escaping me. Um, Cougar Collins. Cougar Collins. How could Cougar Collins not make this lineup? By the way, let's be abundantly. How can he not make this event? Cougar Collins could 100% have, have, have gotten into this event. Shout out Cougar Collins. Come on, Cougar. Why are you not playing in Mexico? Like, I know you're probably in college. You're like a junior, I want to say right now. But, like, go no, take spring I break. I think he graduated Eastern Michigan. Oh, he did graduate Eastern Michigan. That's right. Listen, if you didn't think I was a nerd and t- for <laughs> golf and I just rattled out he played at Eastern Michigan for Cougar Collins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go play down in Mexico, man. Come on, go enjoy like a late spring break. What are you doing here? He but, might get uh, sunburned. He's as pale as me. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It's a fair play. All right. We will leave you to it, everybody. 
Good luck. Good betting. Have fun trying to figure out ROM this week like the rest of us. And we will see you next week. Deuces.